Hello, and welcome back to another FACT podcast. I'm Dr. Fred Clary, founder of Functional Analysis Chiropractic Technique, a chiropractic technique based on breathing and movement. Well, on today's podcast, I thought I would revisit probably the third or fourth time, um, so I'll just breeze through it, a subject that's been in the news, been talked about, everyone became an, an instant expert about and I thought I would just you know breeze over the subject slightly and that is of herd immunity H-E-R-D herd like a herd of goats or a herd of cats you know herd immunity okay and what herd immunity basically says is that not every individual in a group of animals needs to be immune to a pathogen that if enough of the individual surrounding that uh, animal is immune so if enough of the pact enough of the herd enough of the village is immune to a pathogen a virus or a bacteria then there will be enough protection kind of blocking that um, that immune deficit individual from getting sick because statistically if everyone's around them surrounding them is immune to the pathogen the virus then it doesn't have time to get through to the person who's immunodeficient for this pathogen okay that's a lot of words and i tried to water it down and that's why everyone thinks they're an expert on it and when CNN comes out and says, well, you know, we need 50%, 60%, 70%. And now that's not good enough because, of course, we're way over 70% in the United States of America. And COVID is still as rapid. It's probably, if you look at the numbers, higher than it was last year. Yes, that's right. Start looking. Um, the case numbers are just crazy. And so, oh, it's the variant. Well, of course. Because the once you have... Um, so many infected people and carrying a high viral load for a, a high point of time, you add amount of virus times time and you get variants. You get these mutations called drift where, you know, some of the genetic makeup drifts and you get some structural changes in the virus. Okay. Everybody's with me. So those mutations, variants, hybrids, I shouldn't use hybrid because that's more recombination of two similar cousin viruses. But, but drifting of the genetic material is normal. It happens over time. But you can force it. You can put some evolutionary pressure, it's called, to force the virus to evolve. And that's what herd immunity does. Um, you know, the more immune or the more beat up the virus gets out there, in the real world well the more it has to change if it wants to survive or like SARS-1 it will disappear back into um, its original um, original state so it'll <laughs> it'll evolve to just to disappear um, that's what happened to SARS that's what happened to MERS um, you know we didn't shut down the world for them and we allowed um, the thymus gland of those who still have a thymus gland to beat it up 
So I wanted to cover this a little bit only because um, Dr. Aaron, shout out to you for giving me a DM, a private message with <laughs> the exact um, channel local news channel five link that I put on my Facebook minutes before, um, where they said that there is a huge surge, huge upswing, huge surge in RSV cases. And RSVA, uh, if you don't know it, you know, RSVA is killing little kids. Always has, always will. It will kill infants. It is nasty on the youth. Um, <laughs> COVID-19 is not. But it, this is nasty. This would take out kids. And I said, and I jumped up and down, and I've been saying for years now, that we have to be careful. We have to follow the laws of biology. Because if we hide ourselves, if we sequester ourselves, and, you know, thinking that COVID is this big, nasty killer, it is not killing half the population. It is not killing anything. The only thing it's changed in our gross mortality, our normal mortality, is it's gone up 15%. And that's an estimate from the federal government. So what, that, what does that mean? Well, if I, I know Minnesota. Minnesota, we lose about 40,000 people a year. That's right, 40,000 people die year in, year out in the state of Minnesota. We're a state of about 6 million people, so that means people will die every day. They fall off ladders, they die of cancer, heart attacks and strokes is big, the big C cancer is real big, and so is upper respiratory infections. And upper respiratory infections take out a lot of people here. Um, it's just a lot. And if you look at how many people die, you know, day in, day out, um, it's about 100 to 112, you know, should die normally in a normal year in Minnesota. Well, Fred, that's a lot. No, it's not. <laughs> it's statistics. Because guess what? In a given year, 40,000 people are born in the state of Minnesota or move here and actually we're an upward growth state so it's we have a couple more people move here or are born in Minnesota than die now now that you're shocked by how many pass away every day because it alarmed you and you know you were so upset that you were yelling and screaming and yelling at your neighbors and sending nasty emails to your friends and family and forcing them, you know, to wear a mask to come over Thanksgiving. Well, you should have done that years ago when RSV was killing babies, but you didn't care about infant deaths. You didn't care at all, you know, but we'll just move forward because now all of a sudden you guys care about something that is not as important on infants. So anyway, now everyone cares. You didn't care about high blood pressure. You know, you're the ones, you know, bringing the donuts for, uh, you know, this, the for Sunday worship at your church. You're the ones having the cookouts and inviting neighbors over, you know. But, you know, you invite them over for a barbecue so you can raise a statistic for cardiovascular disease. You don't care about if Mr. Smith, the 50-year-old neighbor, dies. But now you care if he gets COVID. This is the most weirdest, sick, twisted thing I've ever heard in my life. You guys are nuts. I mean, I'm, I'm about to lose it right here. But I'll stay calm because I just wanted to do a quick podcast for Dr. Aaron out there. He was trying to figure out why the RSVA and all the variants and why it became stronger. 
and you know I about lost my mind because it's basic biology all right here it goes COVID is not the only virus out there there are many viruses ready hold on to your hat hundreds of them there's 198 combinations of influenza a sorry just the way it is they have two major spike proteins um, there's 11 variants of one, 18 the other. You do the math, that's 198 combinations of just those two spike protein variants of um, influenza A. There's names for every one of them. And yes, influenza A kills people. You weren't afraid of H1N1, which is a nasty combination, but there's a few more nasty combinations, you know. I don't hear you calling out numbers like, you know, H2N3. You should be scared of that one because that will take you out from going to your, you know, soccer game. But, you know, what? let's not worry about that right now because it's more important, you know, for a C virus, which is nowhere near as tough as influenza. Doesn't mean you're not going to get sick. I didn't say anything that because if you're weak, Coronavirus take you out. Rhinovirus take you out. Shit, you can prick your finger in the rose garden and get um, a staph infection. And if you don't have some key flex or Bactrim around, you're in trouble, okay? Shot of penicillin, you know, because some of these, these bacteria produce some crazy endotoxins. But, you know, you, were scared, you weren't scared of your environment until CNN told you you had to. But let's talk about herd immunity. Herd immunity was studied mainly through zoology in the 1920s and 1930s and they, as they were, you know, vaccinating cattle and pigs. And they noticed that, you know, some of them were getting protected, weren't getting sick, and they had their ears tagged. And they said, well, we didn't get to, you know, to that side of the field for those animals, and we mixed them all together. And some got sick, but some did not. Amazing amazing right so they figured that at a certain level of the herd and they're talking natural immunity here and a little bit of vaccination so you either get the the uh, the virus the disease naturally fight it off make antibodies um, potentiate your t-cells and make some t-cell memory you know learn to your ribosomes learn to produce um, certain cytokines so you can actually rapidly kill that type of bug when it comes so you know you have good messenger RNA to the ribosomes you know if you don't know what ribosomes and messenger RNA is by now please don't get a jab don't jab something in hell you know drink Diet Coke and eat Twinkies all day it's safer you know smoking safer than some of the stuff you guys are doing to yourselves and I know there's people out there that said, he said smoking safer than missing a meal I mean, people are idiots out there. They have no common sense, okay? What I'm saying is you should understand how the body works before you make a big decision. And then don't get emotional and say, this happened or this person said this or did that, thinking that your emotional, you know, Gregorianness and loudness is going to uh, you know make you right? No, you're an absolute idiot. You sound like a seven-year-old screaming on the bottom of the the bottom of a Target um, department store floor, screaming for candy. Okay, it just doesn't make sense. But anyway, so we have to have a certain level of herd immunity. Some bugs are so infectious, and I mean contagious, 
they can be transmitted easily, super easy, like measles, that you need a, um, a immunity level of about 90 to 95% to protect the other ones. Measles is one of them. It's very highly contagious, and for herd immunity, you need 90 to 95%. Sorry, you uh, keyboard jockeys, you're going to have to read a book or a couple studies to get those numbers. Okay, I can give them to you, but I'm not gonna. I'm tired of, uh, you know, spoon feeding all you guys. <clears throat> Some of them you just need 50% because they're pretty weak. So it depends on the bug, and it depends on how the immunity works. The problem with what we're dealing with now with the COVID-19 jab is we were presuming that the jab would control transmission that's the whole point of herd immunity control transmission now they say that the jab doesn't prevent transmission and you can still get sick what you're saying if i get exposed i have the jab i can still produce viral particles you know active vi viral particles in my body that can be transmitted to someone next to me that's a vaccine that don't work <laughs> I don't care what you call it. A vaccine is supposed to stop transmission and reduce the severity of disease. Um, a good lifestyle will reduce severity of disease. That is unquestioned. Lose weight. Take zinc. Take vitamin D. All the things that research already has out there. Get a stronger immune system will help you deal with the disease. Um, transmissibility. Being able to transmit it from one person to the next is the hallmark of defining herd immunity. So all this talk about herd immunity is mute when COVID-19 cannot, cannot, even with its vaccines so far, cannot stop the transmission. They're, they're what all the research says and even the companies are saying, even the CDC, FDA. So hopefully this doesn't get pulled down. Um, but that's what they're saying. So that's not really a vaccine. It's, I don't know which it's therapy, gene therapy. What are you giving yourself? If it doesn't permit, it doesn't prevent, doesn't prevent transmissibility. Okay. Back to RSV. What we did, the mitigation tactics we did when, you know, March of 2020 came and we decided to lock down, we removed our toughest people our toughest part of the herd, the youth, who still have a thymus gland. So the thymus gland is what is used to produce T cells. That's where the word T, T comes from. Doesn't come from Trinosaurus rex. It's thymus gland, T, where your thymus cells come from. And your thymus cells will learn to get a memory for, say, COVID-19 or whatever virus it's exposed to. So the the kids that we send out to the elementaries, we send out to middle school, they get a bug, it runs through the whole entire school, just ask a school teacher, and they beat the heck of it up, and that virus has a has an evolutionary pressure on it to drift, and if it doesn't drift, which means mutate and change, adapt, modify, overcome, so we can continue to survive, which means it has to get weaker. Yes. So we send out our soldiers who beat up on it. 
the elementary school students are the ones protecting the infants from death of RSV. Does that make sense? Because they keep beating up on it to keep it, keep it every year, every season, to keep it under control. Because if it was so virulent, it would wipe out not only elementary students, but there would be no passing on of the bug because it's killed everybody. The squirrel ate its, all its nuts before the end of winter, winter and dies. You can't burn your resources that quick. That's the law of biology, people. It's very simple. Follow the laws. Your silly stuff that you're on TV and I hear on, I see on Facebook and I even hear MD saying stuff. And I'm like, my God, you really didn't like biology class, did you? You know, did you follow any of the basic ontological tenets and philosophies of biology? There's basic principles that are, it cannot be broken or the whole thing falls on itself like a house of cards. Everything we know of how life works, L-I-F-E, life is based on principles that cannot be changed. And if they do, then you have to throw everything out. Well, what they're trying to feed you in the media, feed you in the government, goes against, I'm just looking at a biology book sitting on my shelf now, goes against that. You have to read it to be true. You have to take the work. They've hoodwinked you. What happens is those kids, elementary kids, middle school kids, those who still have a thymus gland, go up, they beat up the bug. The virus stays in the population for a while. It drifts, it mutates, it tries to survive. And only way it can to survive is to make it less virulent. I didn't say less transmittable, less virulent, less strong, less deadly. And that, folks, is the story of life on the spinning globe. We're on a spaceship, flying through space. We're all here together on the same planet. We all share pretty much the same biome. And that means that everyone here in St. Paul shares the same pollens, you know, because we have the same trees, the same flowers. We share pretty much the same bugs, the same viruses and bacteria. So we need our kids out there. We need the soldiers out there, the people with the strong immunity to beat it up. And yeah, of course, adolescents, some in their 20s and 30s, maybe even 40, have strong immune systems. And even though they don't have a thymus gland anymore, which shrinks at about what age, 11 to 13, even though they don't have, you know, have a thymus gland anymore, their immune system is pretty strong and they can beat the hell out of some things. And that's wonderful. Wonderful. But here's what it also means. Ready for this? Here's what it also means. It also means you are responsible for strengthening your immune system. And if the jab is not strengthening the immune system to weaken it, to stop transmittability, then you have to do things that do that. Well, Fred, if you're not vaccinated and you can, you can have, you mean non-symptomatic and pass it on to everyone. Possibly. No one said we're not a vector. Your countertop's a vector. The dirty, the dirty toilet seat is a vector. What I'm saying is you need to strengthen it to weaken it. It's your responsibility as an individual to beat the hell out of that thing. 
because you're going to send it because that's part of life. You can't help but giving your smells, your farts, your viruses, your bacteria, and your fungus to your friends, family, neighbors, and coworkers, and fellow people in the pews. That's what happens. It's called life in the herd. We may wear fancy clothes. We may not be scrounging in caves or in the forest anymore. But we are animals. And the laws of biology and life apply. Which means we have to go through it. We have to go through it and strengthen it. Now again, if this shot, and I hope they come up with a better one. You know, the sh but they, they've been working on these for 15 years, and they, over 15 years, and they just can't come up with one that, that stops the transmission of a C virus. So we'll never reach herd immunity if, one, you can't stop transmission. You have the whole country of Israel at over 90%, and they're still getting sick. And, the, and by numbers, the people in the hospital aren't vaccinated. The safest people to be around are healthy. Those with thymuses, but healthy people. Because they beat up the, the bugs. I know I want to hang out with people whose immune systems are strong. Because I want them to be a shield to me. <laughs> Not people that have... Uh, you know, got a jab and they've weakened themselves. I don't like hanging out with weak people. So you want shields. You want people that, you, if you have a strong immune system, you can join in that fight. RSV is surging now. On Channel 5, they showed this statistic. They showed the, the graph. It's hundreds of times what it should have been. Hundreds. And little children are dying and the ERs are full the pediatric beds are full but not with COVID patients Minnesota right now it's RSV and their little kids the NICUs are all full because and that's what it says I talk to people um, that work in the hospitals and they're saying yep they're full RSV not COVID and wait to the flu season comings the talking head from the Department of Health uh, of Minnesota um, on Channel 5 said that it's coming, you know, RSV is seasonal and it's coming at a non-seasonal time. And I laughed and I'm like, you are an idiot. I only want to throw some of the TV. No, this isn't RSV season. Wait till it comes. RSV season is not for a couple months. This is the start. This is the ramp. This is the pregame. This is the first inning. It's going to be terrible. But I hope and I plead that we have more Minnesota Vikings games like we had Sunday. We had 66,000 people elbow to elbow, no masks, getting those respiratory viruses in them and beating the heck out of them. I'm hoping we can get back, reset back to where we were, where we get out in the public and we mix and we fight those viruses off protect the weak they're the ones who should be isolated protect the weak there's and you're saying well 
you know, they, the old people should be vaccinated. Well, that you still presume that their cells are going to do what it's supposed to do. And obviously it's not working that way. There's all these big presumptions. I can buy protein powder, have, you know, elite vitamin packs laying around and have an Olympic barbell set put in front of you. And I guarantee only 2% of you are going to get in shape in 30 days, know how to use it and, and would take the protein. Just because you own it doesn't mean it works. It's called function. Functionality. It's all about function. Function is the most important thing. And you may say you got a jab. That's great. But did it function properly in your body? Or are you living with alchemy and voodoo? RSV is going to get stronger and stronger. So with the flu. And so are other coronaviruses. OC43... NL63, 229E, HKU1. They're going to get stronger. They're going to get very strong. And when, when it hits, I don't know, are we going to have a column on Channel 5 News in the morning? COVID deaths and RSV deaths, flu deaths. They're screaming for people to get their flu shot. Well, there was only 2,000 cases last year. Why would I need it? Ask your doctors that when they ask you for it. Well, there was flu was gone last year. Why would you think it would come back? Tell me why. Tell me why. Or were you lying? Were you being hoodwinked? Bamboozled? Was there skullduggery going on? Or simply, because I don't believe in the conspiracy stuff, a bunch of mindless idiots that can't research past their nose. You guys pick up Consumer Reports magazine when we used to have them, but you look when you buy a new dishwasher or, or clothes dryer or a car. But when you're learning about how your body works or vaccines or the immune system, you don't do the work. Why are you scared of something you're going to walk around for 80 years? And your body is the source of your number one problems in life and your greatest joys. And this has been another fact podcast.